You know, you want to feel really bad about yourself. <laughs> you want to get really smelly and have shit all over you. <laughs> Watch TV. Hey everyone, this is Lucky Licious, and you're listening to Eat My Pagan Ass, a pagan podcast by and for pagans and for those who like them, or love them, or have tasted their asses, or are curious to have tasted their ass, or other parts of the body. So, good. On that note, uh, welcome. This is episode number 42. Today's date is March 10th, 2012. This episode features an interview with a very wonderful woman that I met at the Serious Rising Festival last July. So the record date was around July 17th, between the 14th and the 17th of 2011. Uh, Lisa Owen is a vendor at festivals, pagan festivals. Some of you may have seen her because she does the circuit for sure. And she does something that are called uh, that's called soul readings. And in this interview, she's going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but beyond that, she shares a lot about her personal uh, history, which uh, is punctuated by several life-altering events and how those events not only kick-started her extrasensory perception skills and her ability to hear the dead and spirits and ancestors and, and all of that, but also to see auras, as well as catalyzed her creative outputs, her her uh, her artistic spirit, and, and through art, finding a way to give voice and channel to the... Um, the things that she's since become aware of. So it's such a fascinating story. And it's also a story of, you know, courage. And, you know, this woman faced cancer at one point and just all sorts of, you know, trials and tribulations that people go through. You know, we're, we're human and, and this happens to some of us. And um, the, the really wonderful thing that's nice about this story is you see someone who's taken all of that adversity and turned it into something really positive for herself and really empowering. And um, so I look forward to sharing that interview with you, listeners, because, you know, there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of good people in our community. And I just want to share that with all of you because I feel very fortunate and blessed to have met them. And I'm meeting more and more every day. Oh my gods. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get them all out and into the potosphere, but I'm going to try. And um, with that said, let's just take a step back. And catch you up on what's going on in my life because it has been a while. I think the last episode was in November or something like that last year. Um, I have not forgotten about you. I never forget about you guys, and I always want to get up here and do this, and it's hard sometimes to find the time to do that, and it is a discipline, and, you know, Luckylicious, there's only one kind of discipline Luckylicious really likes. 
I don't think we need to all go into that on the podcast, if you know what I'm saying. But there are other forms of discipline that help us live our lives in an orderly way. And we feel, you know, like day to day we get something accomplished and we're always making progress and we're always, you know, stepping forward on our soul's evolution to, you know, the higher plane of consciousness that we're all, I think, all of us pagans anyway, and other spiritual seekers are, are ultimately reaching for. And uh, so I, I've started like building in more discipline into my life and, you know, meditating on a regular basis, which is something that I really let lapse. And I know a lot of us pagans are lazy about it. We don't like to do it. We let ourselves get really caught up in all the things that are going on in our lives because it's so important and all blah, blah, blah. But if you don't hold space for your higher self, it's going to be real difficult to get there. And so just sitting and focusing and just shutting up and, you know, calming your mind and focusing on breathing and really entering the, the present moment, the here and now, which is really the only real place there is, and going inward, then you can find those answers. And so I'm going to work on that a little bit more. I am working on that a little bit more, I'm proud to say. I sat meditation four days out of seven this week. So there. Okay, so that's what's going on on that front. Let's see, what else? Hard to believe, but I have moved again. I know just not too long ago, just like four episodes ago or so, I was all about my new apartment and how it was like my dream apartment and I just loved it and blah, blah, blah. And it's true, it was wonderful for what it was at the time. And I uh, had a lot of charm, and I got to explore a new neighborhood in Brooklyn, and I was, you know, I just love that. But once my boyfriend moved in with me, and, you know, update, we're still together, and things are going well, yay! Once he moved in with me, though, we realized that, you know, things were a little tight, and we needed a little more space, and yada yada, and... um we wound up. We we looked for for a couple months for the perfect place and didn't find it. And finally, we were just like, okay, whatever. Let's just move into this, you know, this place, this complex in in Manhattan. I was I had a lot of reservations about it. I was kind of fearful, but I also you know have this adventurous streak. And I have moved before, and I'm always like, eh, if I don't like it, I'll just move. I'm really not afraid to do it. And I think that that comes from growing up in a military family. And we moved a few times and blah blah blah. So I have a little bit of that gypsy. Thing going on in my spirit. But I am very pleased to say that I really am enjoying the new place. It's a lot bigger than where we were before. It's also back in Manhattan. And so, and it's right on the East Village. And um, that's a really like trendy, not trendy, it's um, hmm, just seems like creative and alive in a way that many other neighborhoods in the city don't. And there's a great mix of people, young and old, and I find myself walking around a lot more, and I'm just very curious to get out of the apartment and go explore what's happening, because I've always looked at this neighborhood from afar and been like, oh, one day I want to live there. Well, now I do. Ta-da! Dreams do come true, people. And um, I gotta say I'm happy, and last night, my partner and I hosted our very first housewarming party. And it's, I think it's the first party that I've ever thrown. You know, like I have friends, they throw parties all the time. It's old hat. They've got it down. But when you're doing it for the first time, it is a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. So first, first order of business was um, there was still shit. I mean, we've been in here for a month and there were still, which isn't a lot of time, okay? 
But in gay years, that's like eternity when it comes to decorating your home. Like you have to get that shit done in three days. Otherwise, you know, your gay friends are like, huh, what's going on, girl? What's wrong with you? Are you depressed? That sort of stuff. So it had been a month. And just before the party, we were scrambling to get the artwork on the walls and deciding where the art goes and putting out the rest of the furniture. I still had furniture to assemble. And, you know, these are all wonderful, wonderful problems to have. But they were problems, and uh, or not problems, but you know tasks, and they had to be done. And I was really stressed out doing that. And I did, with the help of my partner. And we have now a beautiful, mostly finished home. There's still room for more creative ideas, and still lots of places on the walls to hang new art when we find it. And I'm really excited about being here. And so last night's party went very well. We had about 35 people come, which is a little fewer than we thought. We were anticipating closer to like 50, but, um, you know, that's okay. We had lots and lots of food left over. Um, I went all out because I was like, this is my first party. I've never thrown one. I'm going to drop a little bit of money on this thing. We had a very nice spread and people really appreciate that when you, when you go to that length. And of course we, I understand that everyone can, but honestly this, this time around, I I really wanted to cook my own food. I was asking friends to help me like come up with recipes. And there's one girl at work in particular who was giving me great ideas for like, you know, crostini type topped breads and things and homemade hummus and all this really yum, delicious stuff. And I just like freaked out on, on Thursday, which was two days ago. And I was like, ah, and I just went online and I ordered everything and had it catered. But next time I'm going to plan further and we'll be less harried and can, you know, cook, cook my own food. So anyway, I'm talking about it a lot because it was kind of a big deal. I'm, I'm kind of a, like, as much as I'm an extrovert, I'm also an introvert. I don't know if that makes any sense. And, um, I don't really have like lots of people over, you know, I like my privacy. I like my space, but at the same time, I really crave having people over. So (laughs) I got to find a middle ground there. And this party was a great way to do that. And now we're talking about instituting like regular movie nights and just, just really try to make this place, you know, it's a beautiful apartment. People really complimented us on it last night. And so hopefully it'll start a little buzz and people will want to come over. And anyway, we'll see where that goes. But This all ties into um, one last thing that I'm going to say, and then we're going to get on with this interview. But I just, I haven't spoken to you guys in so long, and and the Facebook page has been kind of silent, and so nobody really knows what's going on. I just want to share with you. Is that so wrong? I don't think so, right? Um, Let's see. It's all about um, friends and, and, and your family, and I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just really realizing again, re-remembering how important relationships are and the people in our lives are and that we really can't take people for granted ever. And you should always tell someone, um, you know, always give people compliments or tell them, you know, if you're thinking a good thought about someone, just share it because nobody can read your mind. You know, we're all trying to learn how to do that, we pagans, but it it, it really doesn't work very well for most of us. And um, the the best way to do it is just communicate it and just say, you know, one thing I found... um, particularly interesting last last week I was at a a ceremony and there it was a two-day ceremony and there were a lot of hot guys there okay I mean just guys with muscles and tattoos everywhere and I was just and they were all straight mostly you know and I was just like oh wow 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 so I didn't care though I was like wow you look really good that's like I love your tattoos wow you're great you should be like are you a model like and totally not like blowing smoke up their ass being real genuine about it and respectful and these guys, 
Really appreciated it. I didn't know this, guys, but you guys don't get compliments a lot. Like, you just, people don't just automatically, like, if you're a hot-looking guy, you'd be surprised. People just don't say anything because they assume the person knows or whatever. But when you see beauty, just call it out, say it, and and touch, you know, someone in that way. And it was really rewarding for me. And um, I got to talk, I got to chat up some really hot guys, you know. Okay. <laughs> Um, and what else? Oh, I saw, here's, here's a little bit of rumor for all of you. I saw Miss Carmen kick ass just the other day. Okay. She was at a party, mm-hmm. a pagan party. There she was. And I was like, I walked right up to her and I was like, Carmen kick ass, where the hell have you been? And she just kind of like, <gasps> and she, she was like, Oh, lucky. Hey, what's up? And she told me all of this stuff. I couldn't believe, I can't even tell you, but, um, I just want to let you know she's doing well. She looks good. She looks great, actually. And uh, she is still globetrotting. She is still with that crazy group of people. They haven't kicked her out yet. And she's been to... She alluded to some interesting places that she's been. And, um, you know, I just... I think it's all good. So anyway, she is going to be on the show again at some point. Um because I did say to her, you know, look, people are asking about you and, and they just want to know that you're okay. And she sends her love to everyone. Um, and when she's in town next time, she'll let me know and uh, we'll get an interview with her and just ask her what's going on with her life. So that's good, though. That's good to know that she's doing well. And was there anything else that I need to tell you about? No, I guess not. So why don't we get on with this interview with the wonderful Lisa Owen of Bear Soul Studio. It's B-E-A-R-S-O-U-L-S-T-U-D-I-O dot com. And uh, she's going to tell you about her fight with cancer and her psychic awakening and the artistic awakening that she had. And uh, she's got a great sense of humor, real down to earth. And, um, you know, you may, you can check out her stuff online. She's a great artist. And if you're lucky enough and you're going to a pagan festival this summer, you might bump into her. And if you do, please tell her that you heard about her through Lucky Alicious and Eat My Pagan Ass and just say hi. She's a lot of fun. So anyway, it's great to be back, everyone. Um, it's spring and the, the, the day in the Northern Hemisphere is getting longer and we're so happy about it. Oh so happy although honestly it wasn't that bad of a winter weather wise though I, I did kind of get a little depressed got kind of a little bit you know like I just want to stay home and you know just eat cupcakes all day in the dark which is what I kind of did that's okay right we all have to go through that sometimes but I feel good now so that's all that matters I got through it girls and boys all right so this is Lucky Licious and um please come to eatmypaganass.com to comment on the episode if you like it. Um, you can also, of course, go to facebook.com slash eatmypaganass and uh, say a word or two. Or is it eatmypaganass podcast? I don't know, something like that. You'll find it. And then Twitter, eatmypaganass. You know, you can just say hi there too. I always love hearing from you. Or you can email me at eatmypaganass at gmail.com. Tell me what you did this winter. What happened to you? We want to know. All right, hookers, um, sit back, relax, enjoy, and have a wonderful spring. I love you all. Blessed be.
Hi everyone, this is Lucky Licious, and I am here at beautiful Sirius Rising Festival at the Brushwood Folklore Center in Sherman, New York. I've been here for a week, and I'm totally blissed out. I've had my chakras tuned. I've had my uh, tarot cards read. I've just gotten a soul portrait painted by uh, an amazing woman that I'm looking forward to introducing you to in just a second. And uh, I'm just so happy. I've met so many wonderful people this year, and the weather's been beautiful. And, you know, someone referred to this yesterday as a pagan spa. It really is. I mean, there's... I think it was you. Was it yeah, you? It <laughs> Someone really awesome. Oh, wait a minute. It was oh, you. Wait, it was me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it is. You know, the hot tub, the, the 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 nature around us, the freedom to just walk around buck-ass naked if you want, um, the drums, the music, the food. It's awesome. So, anyway. Espresso. <gasps> oh, yes. They have espresso yeah. and a hot tub and a pool all in one area. Yeah, I can know. get it. I can order my decaf Americano with a hazelnut squirt. <laughs> How delicious. Yeah. That starts out the bliss from the day, from really morning does. sunrise. Yeah. So, why don't you introduce yourself? And oh, yeah. Tell okay. Us who you are. Um, my name is Lisa Owen. Um, I'm uh, originally from Minnesota. Minnesota, eh? Yeah, eh? And uh, can't seem to get rid of that. No matter how much I travel the United States, I still got the A going on. Um, <laughs> from uh, others or from you? From me. It just comes It comes uh, out, you know, you say Minnesota and you, you, you know, Oli and Sven and all that stuff that happens in Minnesota. And so um, transplanted to Cleveland area two years ago so that I can travel the United States. Um, I go from uh, New York State from, to North Carolina to North Dakota right now, traveling, doing soul portrait mediumship work and selling my artwork and my spiritual dolls and uh, altar pieces, uh, portable altar pieces. Um, it's been a blast. It's been a blast. The universe bitch slapped me about five years ago. Um, I got diagnosed with breast cancer and, and said, you know, life is too short. I am going to start living my life and what has always pulled me forward. And I've been an artist since I was little, and I started talking to the dead and after I was 18, and, and it just keeps growing. Whoa, you just laid on, like, a ton of excellent uh, stuff there. <laughs> you t we, we want, I want to talk about your art because uh, okay. and your dolls, especially. I don't know a lot about them, so... Well, let's talk about that. Uh, your soul portraiture work, of course, now I know about. You've done two soul portraits for me now in the last three years. And I definitely want to talk about that process. Okay. Um, but let's talk about um, this this ass-kicking, you bitch-slapping, as you put it, you got from the universe. So you got breast cancer. Well, I, I've, I've had... What was life like before, and, what, and how did it change? I've had three... I had a near-death experience when I was 18, and that really started it. Um, I uh, was signed up to go seven years into the Army um, out of high school, and um, it was my only way out of a small town. And um, a week before I was to sign the papers, uh, the universe said no. And I got in a car accident where I broke most of my face. I proceeded to... You would hardly know it. Your I face know, looks great. Totally. Plastic surgery and new inventions are wonderful. Are wonderful. So I ended up starting to hear things and see things. And I proceeded to go into a five-year 
journey of what I call my living hell, uh, where I saw lower energies and I experienced drugs and alcohol scene and um, and but I always knew in the back of my head that there was something else, and and um, but the universe keeps coming at you because if you forget. If you get to that five years and you start to have children and think you want to be married and think you want to do all these things that normal people should do, <clears throat> the universe says, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You're supposed to be a spiritual person. You're supposed to, you know, all these spirits around you want to talk to you and want to continue to talk to you. So I started a journey of going, what the hell is that? Why am I seeing that? And uh, other people can't see that. So I would continue to ask those questions and journey with that. How, about how old were you about that time? Um, 25. So like a, just a couple of years ago. Oh, you're so sweet. That's like 25 years ago <laughs> or 20 years ago. And... Uh, so I, I I started taking teachings from Native American elders. Uh, I started uh, I went through a vision quest and uh, about 11 years of working with the, the native tribes in the Midwest. Um, uh, vision questing, sweat lodging, um, working with the ancestors. Any particular tribe or? Um, the Midwakan Sioux, um, the Anishinaabe, uh, Ojibwe is where I had my naming ceremony. Um, and I received the animal totem of the bear and the eagle. Um, uh, and, and then I uh, moved around the medicine wheel. The medicine wheel teaches us about all colors coming together in unity, you know, the red, black, yellow, and white, and that their philosophy is, is that we can all coexist together on the planet, to, together in, in, in that circle. And so I've journeyed through trying to find out what all these spirits are by studying these different religions. And, um, and then I get to five years ago where the universe decides that I'm not quite getting it. And uh, I, I get diagnosed with breast cancer. <clears throat> and uh, as I choose in my life, it's usually a heavy duty slap. And so um, it was uh, a major uh, event. What does that mean, a heavy duty? Like you, you took it really bad? Um, it was stage 3A. Oh, I mean, it was really bad. It was really bad. Um, uh, knowing that there was something wrong all throughout my childbearing years, but not finding it. Um, here I had breast cancer for the 15 years before I had been diagnosed. Wow. So I had to do the whole chemo thing. I didn't have to, but I wanted to. I had spent a lot of time with my ancestors really asking questions about, you know, what is this? And they said, just go get it done. And the message I kept getting was, it's going to reboot your system. Um, chemo will reboot your system. Radiation will reboot your system. Um, and so after four reoccurrences of finally getting it done, um, I realized that uh, it was the most amazing experience I have ever had. I have never heard, I work in cancer, I've never heard anyone say that chemo or radiation was the most amazing experience that they've ever heard, uh, had. So 
Tell me more about that. Well, because chemo is a very, it does reboot your system. It gets in and, and it shocks every fiber of your whole being. And it crashes you. And then crashes you. And so what I had learned was art was my juice something I was born with it was something that I was blessed about blessed with the gods with and so in order to work through all that uh, crashing that was going on in my body I would move into the art zone this this really surreal space that the pain was not there the pain was beyond was was in the physical body but I could move into this other body of art and in there, I was introduced to the grandmothers. And the grandmothers um, uh, took me all the way back to my direct descendants, you know, the Irish and the, the Celtic traditions of my uh, um, original people. And all of a sudden, I was drawing things and painting things and making paper and taking things out of you know the recycling bin and turning them into wonderful beautiful things I wouldn't sleep for days because of the chemo and so um, and it was painful so I would I would just have a whole uh, totaled area in my living room of art supplies and paper uh, recycled paper recycled plastic you know whatever I could get a hold of to make something out of and the grandmother started talking to me how to heal myself, how to, how to learn from the experience. Um, I worked with the goddess Anana and walking through the Shadowland uh, during that time. And this creative space opened up in me that had never been. And it has been wonderful. I learned how to live through almost dying. Mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, working with the dead from almost, you know, they're teaching me how to live. So it's been, let's, that's why I say it's an amazing experience. And now it's uh, 2011, it's been um, six years, and I'm here talking to you. And I'm just so blessed. Uh, the artwork keeps growing. Um, I do birthing sessions about four times a year, and that's where the grandmothers come out. The altar pieces come out. First, let me say congratulations on going through that and finding um, a, a new creativity in that and mm -hmm. tapping into that and, and using that to help get you through that. And not only to, to cope with the day to day, but also to deepen your spiritual connections. That's yeah. that's phenomenal. That's what that's what I think a lot of people who face something like cancer or any any disease or they have an accident and they're critically injured or whatever it is, it's it can be very difficult to see the, the so-called silver lining to all of that. Right. What's the lesson in this, you know? Right. How, how, is this, how is this supposed to help me, gods? Like why, you know, here I am, good little pagan, I'm going around, I'm leaving offerings, I'm praying, I'm doing good deeds, you know, I'm doing the best that I can and then, you know... I get slammed with with uh, this disease. I can't pay the medical bills. Um, you know, I just lost my job because I can't work anymore. It's getting worse and worse and worse. The unemployment's you know gone. Why me? Right, and <clears throat> I was self-employed when I got hit. You know, when it when it got diagnosed, and so when you're um, 
six months of chemotherapy, you know, you're not able to work some days. You're not even able to get out of the house. And there's really no financial assistance to help single people who are self-employed, you know, even regular employment, you know, in that situation. So someday, I mean, that's an idea that's out there. It would be great to see some sort of support in that area. But that's what made it the whole Shadowland thing that I call it, because financially, you know, a double mastectomy, I lost my 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 family jewels of sorts, you know. The tatas. The tatas. I miss my nipples. <laughs> you know, and coming to, uh, you know, reclaim myself as a woman without, you know, the mother breasts anymore. Um, and and uh, moving through the whole gates of Anana is just a, a wonderful experience because in the end of the story she comes out naked and without her jewels, without her clothes, without you know anything but life, her life force. And that's what I have. And I have a voice, man. I have a voice that I never had this voice where I'm not uh, afraid of saying what I want to say. Um, and that's part of part of the deal. That's awesome. The um, for for those of you listening, there's a, there's a sound in the background. It sounds kind of like just. I want to give you a little context. Yeah. Uh, we're we're in Vendor's Row at Sirius Rising, and the 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 vendor tent right next door is an airbrush artist, and she requires you know air pressure for her airbrushes. So if you hear that in the background, it's not like some crazy you know mundane construction thing. It's an artist at work making it's very aliens. <laughs> She's making very beautiful um, Oh my gosh, things. beautiful artists out yeah. here. We the potters and the seamstress and the 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 airbrush painter, man, she's yeah. painting on drums, on people, people, yeah. on clothing. You know, she'll paint on almost anything. Ooh, maybe I should give her my drum. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> yeah, cuz you don't see that very often.
I have a philosophy of poo, actually. <laughs> you have a philosophy of poo. What is that? Let's get right uh, down to that. Okay. Uh, my philosophy of poo is, um, uh, especially in the United States, we're codependent. We're a codependent society. Mm-hmm. And and then we have uh, the ones who always take care of everybody, right? And those are usually the empathic people who um, go around cleaning up everybody's poo. Oh, and okay. then they get to a point in their life where they're like sick and um, sluggish and overweight and and all these things and I go you got too much poo oh, that's that's your your husband's poo that's your father's poo when are you going to clean that poo off of you or l- put down the, that poo and and quit take taking more you know learn how to take care of yourself learn how to be okay with who you are and and what you're becoming and, and, and inspiring to be in life instead of cleaning up all the crap all over, you know. And there's so much crap. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got something that they can wallow in. But, you know, you got enough of your own poo. Why pick it up from everybody else? Right. And we're always making more poo. Oh, yeah, with the way we think about things. It's like, oh, listen to the news, listen to CNN, listen, you know, you want to feel really bad about yourself? <laughs> you want to get really smelly and have shit all over you? <laughs> Watch TV. Right. <laughs> you, could take, you could take the metaphor to the farming level, too, and say, you know, all this crap in our lives is manure for or fertilizer for spiritual growth, but we have to plant the seeds and we have to till the right. soil and do the work, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly, you've got it. Because a lot of people don't get that they just they just fill the poo and they get negative about it and uh, heavy about it and serious about it you know what the best fun thing to do is throw an effenheimer out there what's that an effenheimer oh just say fuck (laughs) just go out and say fuck it (laughs) just open up your heart and just wiggle your butt and and Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck the shoulds, coulds, have tos. I'm going to be who I want to be right here and now. I'm going to get naked. I'm going to dance in my birthday suit. I'm going to drum. I'm going to sing. Um, and, and, and be yourself and, and throw the Effenheimer out there. All right. um, I, I do readings. When I do readings um, and, and I have women who are all like all shriveled up from all the shoulds, coulds, have tos of being a woman in the United States. And and I go, do you ever just want to say, fuck you? <laughs> and their eyes get really big and they're like, I've just said a swear word. Well, yeah, I've said a swear word because they, their insides are just aching to be opened. You know, crack it open. Let it flow. Uh-huh. Let, let, let your whole self come out and... It's life is too short, you know. We're, everybody practice so much dying, you know. Just practice living for once, yeah. breathing, you know. Enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the grass, talk to a tree. So I'm, I'm hearing you say two things. One, we should say the f word more, and yeah. two, poo is not makeup. We should not be wearing it. <laughs> exactly. <Right? Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Travel. I do. I start traveling in Memorial Weekend uh, to outdoor festivals from Kansas to Illinois. Uh, oh, I'm going to Louisville next week, and uh, um, 
this is this is my favorite. This is my favorite because it's got so many artists and uh, so many people from the East Coast that are, you know, I don't know, they're more open-minded than the Midwest. Uh. Yeah, the Midwest still has that y'all kind of thing going on. <laughs> I did readings in Massachusetts. Uh. They thought I was stupid because I talked so slow. Really? <laughs> I said, no, 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 I'm just from Minnesota. <laughs> We're a little bit laid back there. Someone else mentioned at a workshop here that in, in our culture, intelligence is gauged by how quickly and how well you communicate, usually. And, yeah. and, how, yeah, and if, you, if you communicate slowly, people uh, liken that to, you know, slow-wittedness. Yes, yes. Uh, little do you know. Little do you know that I'm just talking to your people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got like 20 ancestors jabbering in my ear, so I'm yeah, just trying to parse yeah. it all out here for yeah, you. Yeah, please talk to them yourself, would you please? You know, they're just really loud, and you know, they're playing with your lights, and they're moving stuff in your house, and they're really just trying to get your attention. You're not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the name of your business, uh, and how can people find you? Online. Well, I am on Facebook. Um, my uh, name is Lisa Owen, but it, I, I do have business, bearsoulstudio.com. Bear, the animal. Bear, rar, yeah, yeah. Uh, the bear. Uh, soul, S-O-U-L, uh, not the bottom of your feet. Right. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, that's a way to get a hold of me and see some of my artwork. I have some of my artwork up on uh, Facebook. Um, and, yeah, be friends with me and see where I'm at and where I'm going to be next. And, and uh, the website... Um, BearSoulStudio.com really has a lot of different things that I've uh, been teaching and the different arts that channel through me. Um, I call them birthing sessions because uh, they are a session um, where it's like an artistic orgasm where uh, the ancestors will take a can, can you say that word again? Artistic orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah. <laughs> it is, because it, like, you're not, it gets there, and it, it climaxes, and you're, like, running around with pencils and hairbrushes, or pencils and uh, paintbrushes in your hair, and, you know, uh, my family goes, oh, just stay away. You know, she hasn't eaten in three days, and, you know. <laughs> She's in the fugue state. Yeah, just coffee and water. <laughs> uh, but then, like, the, the last birthing over the new moon in Aries, I birthed uh, 25 dolls, um, 29 uh, games. I do a, a psychic development game. That's uh, rebirthing some old divination tools. It's the, using a scrying mirror and uh, stones. And you ask the stones a question, and you drop them onto the mirror, like the mirror is the universe. And the stones align. And it's been really fun teaching that all over. Um, I also do the, uh, the birthing. There were six altar pieces that were birthed at that time. So that was like two weeks of new moon energy that 
you know, 18 hours a day. Mm. Yeah, so it is like a birthing. Talk about your dolls. I'm staring at a few right here, and um, a lot of them look old. They have old faces, and then there's there's some young faces in there. Mm-hmm. What what are these dolls? Well, during or that, who are they? Maybe? Who are they? Yeah. During that time when I was uh, diagnosed with cancer, the grandmothers would come uh, out of my hands uh, from pieces of cloth and. And I would mold their faces from, the faces mostly were molded from female clay, but now we're moving into regular clay. And um, they're from the spirit realm. They're the ancestors. And some are very, very, very old, uh, as if they came from the beginning of time. Um, uh, Some are more recent. Um, The last birthing I had both mothers and grandmothers come out. A group called the Seers, which were the ones that took care of the community. Um, and then some that are, are as old as the trees, uh, old as the dirt. And they were called the cleaners. And the cleaners come to help us uh, release the energy that um, you know, a lot of people, they have mental health issues because they don't know how to release um, the toxic energy. They don't know. They hold it in their head and they try to make sense out of it. And you're not going to. The cleaners come in and they clean that out and they mm. let the universe take care of it. Mm. So you, I tell people when you see the, the grandmother dolls, the grandmothers look at you and they do. People will come up and they'll say, she just looked at me. And I'll I'll say, well, there's probably something there that she can teach you because they'll start to have a voice with their people that they call to them. uh, There'll be a teaching in it or healing in it or uh, there's maybe an aspect in them, the people that come forth that will... uh, um, you know, like, can I use you as an example? Sure. As a, as a person who is use me, baby, use me. <laughs> you uh, is developing a a, a sight, uh, an intuition that is growing beyond what you thought it w- was, and now it can be much bigger. Um, they help with that. Hmm. They assist with that. What are the, what are the other things that you have up there? These, they're not quite dolls, but they're, do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're the altar pieces. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I get, I, I tell people, I said, it would be so cool if I could stick like a camera in my third eye and just show everybody what I see inside my head. I, I see faces all the time. And when I, when it comes out my hands, it's almost like automatic writing, but it's automatic uh, drawing mm. and um, so each one has an elemental uh, the picture will come out 
and then it'll say this is air earth fire water like the phoenix woman rising out of the picture here mm -hmm. uh, her altar around her is all about um, compassion but compassion in the rebirthing process i know all men and women go through a rebirthing of sorts from the phoenix fire um, uh, but what I know is the women, you know, the women's energy that we, you know, combust and blow up and, and then re reformat from the ashes. Rawr. Yeah. We've all been it's around menopause. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that you work with the dead and that's something that a lot of folks are interested in I don't think many of us are aware of um, the relationships that we have with those who've gone before us and and not just pagans I mean even in popular culture there's this fascination with of course with death and what happens after death and when someone says something like I work with the dead um, I'm sure it raises a lot of interest so uh, let me start by asking you, what, what does it mean to work with the dead? What's the process like, and, and how do you access it, and what's the purpose? In 25 words or less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, okay, say that again. <laughs> so what, what, is, what, is, what is it like to work with the dead? And how well, do you access it's much them? better now. It's much better now. I realize now that I can talk to the dead and not be dead or be sick or, you know, because the, the ancestors or the dead, um, uh, what did I hear on the History Channel recently? There are more dead people in the United States than there are living people. Yeah. You know, you, you think about all the graveyards and all the places. Well, they're, they're, they just don't have a body. You know, their spirit still lives on. Um, it lives in uh, either as a ghost in this in the earthbound realm, or it lives as a in the spirit realm. And they like to help us. It's like, okay, your grandmother's grandmother's grandmother, or your grandmother went through the depression. Okay, now we're in another hard economical time. They've already learned how to work through the economy in the heart of the depression. We don't have to rebuild the wheel. We don't have to figure it out all over again. If we work with our dead or our ancestors, we can get um, information that can assist us so we're not falling into holes and, you know, getting broke, broke, broke and, you mm -hmm. know, stuff like that. But we forget about that. We forget that the ancestors still live with us. 
uh, how, how do you access ancestors if you are comfortable sharing? Um, if you're not comfortable answering anything, by the way, just you don't have to. Well, because it's so prevalent in my life right now, um, I, I the only time I get time off is when I go to the bathroom <laughs> because they're always around, okay? Especially when I call upon them, okay? So when I'm doing work... Uh, with the artwork, I call upon them specifically when I do work for, you know, uh, open doors for other people, like doing the soul portraits or doing the readings. I call upon them specifically. Um, uh, I try not to look other places. You know, it's not a good thing to do to see the dead when you're in Walmart. <laughs> Uh, it's scary and run. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I won't say it. It's mean, but I'll say it anyway. There's like that website, People of Walmart. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Okay. So like well, that's the what I mean. the living Walmart are bad enough. Like the dead Walmart shoppers. I don't know. But not only that, in Walmart, there's the the people that handled the clothing, the sweatshops. The, you know the, the I, I I mean if I looked. It's way too much information. Really, you'd have to put me on meds if I. So you can looking. see, you can see the dead people associated with like a cheap T-shirt that got imported over here. Well, not necessarily the dead, but their energy that's connected oh, to that. Yeah. You know, the poor small women who get eighty cents a month to do to make those five dollar T-shirts. Yeah. It's like you know that it there's some integrity issues there. I know that we're in an economy right. but you know that that promotes Walmart but you know it, it it's difficult so so just you know sh I shield myself uh with sorts uh, put something on my head and and uh you know put on my rose colored glasses and yeah, yeah. and uh go get what I need and Yeah I've heard uh from others that uh you got to find a way to turn it off or tune it out for a little bit and keep your own for your own sanity. Oh yeah, when I spoke about that 5 years of living hell. Yeah, that's what it is like, oh my gosh, I could see stuff coming off of people, you know, especially people, you know, I was running around uh drug uh, people who do drugs and alcohol and they had like, you know, uh, things coming out of them and yeah. You know, that that is like, oh, I don't want to see that. I, especially if they're not asking for any help. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't help people that don't want help, so. I did, you know, a lot of pagans, like like me, I'm sure, you know, we, a part of our work involves opening up our third eye and learning to see right. things like that. Um, but something that I found is very a useful tip is any kind of work, like even just when I had the chakra tuning done yesterday, the guy who did it was very careful in the wording of the intention that he gave and that oh, yeah. that it would be for the good of all and that um, it would be done in a way that was uh, you know pleasant basically I mean right. in so many words that it wasn't gonna like fuck me up and turn me right. into a psycho for five years it was just gonna be like a gentle opening and I would take in only what I could handle and I would continue right. to grow that way for your greater good yeah. you know that's the that's the biggest thing I do a lot of new age shows and a lot of new age uh, metaphysical shows and it's like people are talking to spirits that they say is like Archangel Michael or whatever the fuck 
I don't know. I was like, oh my God, you're really nuts. You know, I don't know who you're talking to, but it doesn't look like Archangel Michael. And why would you want to talk to Archangel Michael anyways? He's got a big sword and he likes to just go after people, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a light, fluffy pu puppy, you know. And so uh, that's the biggest major thing is the ethics in this field. You got to... You got to ask questions. Even me, I tell in my, my sessions, you don't have to listen to me. I really don't care if you listen to me. You know, this is your message. How you want to interpret it and how you want to do it is really up to you. I'm here to be a clean source for you. And uh, that's my job. You know, that's, that's how I take it, to try to be as clean and clear for the people that come. Even if, even if people didn't, didn't, oh, there's my gay posse just walking oh. down there. <laughs> they were at the fire last night. It was fun. Um, even if people don't believe, you know, oh, don't believe in psychics or don't believe in, you know, people who can contact ancestors or whatever, but still, like, to come here and, as you said, be a clean source of, you know, at the very, at, even at a very non-magical, non-psychic, purely mundane level, there's still value in coming to someone like you, you know, who's... Um, done this for countless people right. and obviously has learned something about how to talk to people and give people messages that they find useful and um, you know even if you didn't believe in this sort of thing I think it could be worthwhile to, to, to allow yourself to just receive right. the message from someone who's right. like looking at you well yeah when I when I started searching out and asking questions of what the heck this was I really wanted to make it real and not <coughs> You know, it not lala fufu bullshit. You know, life is not that way out there. It, it it could be very difficult for a lot of people to so to find a peaceful piece of bliss or a, a just peace, just quietness in, in, within their heads or in their their hearts, is a challenge. And so, to be real with people and and bring words to them that they can. You know, they can do tools with. Yeah. They can use these tools. Um, I have nurses, doctors, lawyers, um, uh, physicists, you know, people that... <laughs> the funniest one was an uh, economist. Uh, people who work with the economy. Oh, that was fascinating. That was fascinating to hear the new things that are coming through for them. Um, you know, those spaces of creativity we're really in the juicy juicy part of life right now hey, you mentioned that in my reading what does that mean well um, it we're human beings we're having a human experience that's the one thing we have that's similar all the way through and it is my belief that because we're human beings we we have to the only way that we learn is when we're struggling the only way that we get birth is when we come out of that womb and we're struggling for life or we're struggling to live um, will we make that change if they want to make the world a better place take a look at yourself then make a change and change is what is needed to for our financial change, our schools to change, our government to change, uh, that's where we get new ideas. You know, I believe that what's happened in Japan was, um, I believe in the J Japanese people. They are so wise. 
They're so innovative. And because they're at a, they were at a cracking point in their whole, fra their fractured society, right? There are going to be amazing things that get birthed by that because it's out of necessity to survive that they're going to learn those things. Mm. You know, that's what my guides work with me about. And so to see it from a different perspective mm. where it's about growth. So you found a very interesting way to blend your passion for art um, and your spiritual practice with not only the creation of the dolls and the altarpieces, but also your uh, soul readings during which you create what's called a soul portrait. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What is a soul portrait and how did you come up with the idea? Like the grandmothers, it came through a healing crisis. I don't know why I've chosen this path, but I was, was severely sick and had gone to, uh, um, while I was at a woman's retreat. And um, during that time, I was gifted with soul sight. Now, it is similar to auras. Auras are on the outside of us, but when when the soul reflection comes I, I actually uh, comes from the backside of the heart chakra in between the shoulder blades and the soul reflection reflects onto black paper and with pastels and pencils I um, see the image start to come out as we're adding color to it and messages from your people um, your guides guardians and ancestors will, will start to come through as I'm drawing them um, the first one, as I recognized this gift, was actually my own during this woman's retreat. And I had never seen myself that way. We had gone into a meditation with artwork and our pastels and pencils and black paper. And I know two hours later I woke up and I had this beautiful naked woman. She was perfectly shaped in her body and she had all her chakras lit up and she had things coming out of her hands and things coming out of her feet. And I, and I went, wow, who's that? I asked my guides, who's that? And they said, that's you. And I wept and I wept because I never had seen myself in such great beauty. You know, it was physically there, and and that's where they said, "This is why you're here. This is, you go share this with other people, and assist them in their healing, and assist them in their healing." And I've been doing it ever since. During the soul reading process, you'll reach for a color, and the color has significance for you. Can you tell us a little bit about what each of the different colors means, or some of the more prominent ones that show up in these readings? Um, right now, uh, I, I noticed that we're in a, a shift with a, a lot of colors that come out. Um, my guides have given me a directory of what the colors mean as we go through. Like a light turquoise will mean that the person's working on authentic truth, on their, um, their voice, or it depends on where it's placed in the portrait, you know, um, understanding authentic truth. Uh, <clears throat> Purple is about spirituality, coming to a place of understanding and walking in spirituality. Um, fuchsia pink is uh, unconditional love. It's uh, uh, accepting people in that way, 
And so it all depends on where it's placed in the picture. If we're seeing a full, a full, uh, full body of the person in the portrait, or just an up close, um, it, it would all depend on where where that comes from. Last time, uh, when when you did my portrait three years ago, um, the image was um, it was my torso, my whole like kind of upper body. And you described me as having very long hair, and there were different colors through the hair, uh, representing different things. And you drew it within kind of a diamond shape, like I was. And you mentioned that I was like pushing a veil open or something. And um, this time, it's a real close-up of my face. So is there is there a difference there between like, you know, what does that what does the difference mean? Well, the soul reflection is um, a way for us to see how we're evolving, okay? Um, the soul, uh, in, in my experience, the soul wants to get better. It wants to expand. It wants to heal. It wants to move through um, our challenges that we've set up for ourselves, okay? And it's a bit different. I do shadow drawings too, but the shadow drawings come from the root chakra. And it comes, uh, and that's a like a, a pre, pre-planned. You know, it's like w- why we're here, what we're here for, what your strengths are. We uh, root issues, root core part of it. The soul will evolve. The shadow portrait won't. This is kind of like these are the tools that you came in with, um, but this is how you mix it up. Okay, so the soul will shift. Now the difference is is the topic that we worked with today was um, up close and in your face. This is what was on your mind. This has been going on, uh, and it, and so we work in the present moment, and and so these are what was needed today. Mm. You've already moved through the veil. You're out. <laughs> You're so out. Boy, I am out. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> Oh, wow. Let's say someone else is listening to this and they, they've got a knack for art and they've been working on you know, spirit stuff. Uh, how would you recommend that they combine the two? Aside from just do it. Build sacred space. You know, light a candle. Call in your good kind of benevolent ancestors, those that work on your behalf. Assist me with this. And just put out a whole bunch of art piece, like uh, paints and pastels and watercolors, whatever you want to play with. But make sure you play with your hands. Make sure it's like tactile, right on your hands, not a brush or anything. And and just get a whole bunch of paper or canvases, whatever you want to work on, and just put on some great music, and don't give a fuck. <laughs> Really, it doesn't matter. Feel it. Put on color. Feel it. Be it. And then when you step back and you close the circle and you step back and you look at it from there, see the faces. See the the subtleties. Take a pencil in there or a colored pencil and highlight those spaces where you can see eyes or and and then ask what what is that who is that what is that 
You'll be amazed. I do workshops with that, and it, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. I'm teaching next week, actually, here at Summerfest, oh. um, uh, exploring the artists within, and that I teach people how to do their own soul portraits. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm going to miss that. I know. I uh, know. You got to go back to Mundania. Mundania, yeah. I got a lot of podcasts to edit. <laughs> <laughs> What's your experience as a vendor at a festival, and what's the uh, what are the some of the benefits and what are the challenges? So you talked about traveling being like a really cool part of it, but is, is there anything else that's that you consider benefit, and what's what's the challenge of doing this? The benefit of being a vendor at uh, festivals is that you get to see almost everybody. You get to see even if they don't come in and talk to you, you get to see people. You know, and I'm a people watcher, so you know, especially when they're naked. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, beautiful bodies, you know, beautiful bodies, both men and women. It just it's great. Um, the, the downfall of it is tarpage, wind, rain, you know. Uh, I thought I was going to be Dorothy in Kansas when I was in Memor over Memorial Weekend. 45 mile an hour winds and cold and rain and uh, I'm not going back there. <laughs> um, but uh, it's been awesome here this year. You can really feel it. I mean, it, it, that's the downfall, but it's also an excitement when the storm starts talking to you and it comes through. Hopefully it's just one. Yeah. Uh -huh. of young listeners on this podcast and a lot of them are in you know less than cool or optimal environments right. so you know bible belt territory deep in it and surrounded by just you know people who have no respect for what they do they may outright ridicule or threaten them even and um, this causes people over time to feel alienated and uh, depressed and just uh, they they despair their lot as it were right. so what would you what would you say to those people remember just keep it in your head remember do something creative even if it's like in the woods or 
you know keep keep the the vision alive keep the spirit alive within you um it's only temporary i gotta tell you it's only temporary and they can only go as deep as you let them it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right and there'll be a time when you'll be able to have the choice to leave um and to experience it on another level um it's only because they're afraid that they hold on to these thoughts and and thinking it's only because they're they're they've been taught the same way mm. you know and so there is hope there is hope to come out um i'm a an adult child of alcohol and and a you know abused and it, it really there is hope that's one thing i remember that has always kept me going forward is that um i know that i was different and that difference uh made a difference in the end it made a, it's made a difference because i don't just sit around and take it you know i did then cuz that's a way to survive but not now so there is hope I'm still waiting for it. That, thank you. That's a great answer. I'm still waiting, though, to find somebody. When I ask that question, they're like, here's what you do. You get the black salt out, and you throw the black candles down, and you just curse all the people who are... I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Well, you <laughs> can do that, too. I would say, you know, uh, if you learn wards of protection, you could put them under your carpet in your bedroom yeah, so yeah. people don't come through your bedroom at night, you know. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, there's ways to call in the goddess. There's a way to call, you call in your good, kind, and benevolent ancestors, those that work on your behalf. Uh, take care of me. Protect yeah. me. Yeah. You know. You know, in this life, let's say you have ancestors who were um, devoutly Christian, and then they pass beyond, and um, do, do they gain a an appreciation for people who walk our path? And could they could it could so could my Christian great grandfather actually be of assistance to me now in this lifetime? If I'm having if I'm growing up in in the South and and. That my family and community are having great difficulty accepting my religious beliefs. Yeah, you, you they see it from a bird's eye view. You know, a, a, a dead one or one of our dead ones, even though that's their thing, they're a little bit more open to um, seeing things from a wider perspective. And so... Um, I don't know. I do. I do an ancestor altar, and on my ancestor altar, all my uh, uh, Irish uh, heritage, even though they're strong, strong Catholics. You know, I I don't believe in Catholicism, but I have trinkets for them of Catholicism, mm -hmm. and whiskey, <laughs> and I put whiskey on there, and that's their thing, and 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 then they assist me a little bit better. Will help for whiskey, right? Yeah, will help for whiskey. Yeah. I <laughs> well, think that's the duality of all the that 
you know, even in the the evangelical churches or things like that, they have their their other side. They, you know, their other side of you know life. It's it's a common thing with like um, you know there are a lot of people out there and some some of the listeners on the podcast who are Asatru or they they've taken like heathen. Um, Germanic, Scandinavian, you know, you, you might know you're from Minnesota. Uh, like, um, and they, when in that tradition, ancestor reverence and work with ancestors is very uh, central. And um, the questions often raised, like, who, which ancestors am I calling upon? Can I really call upon my, my Catholic ancestors from 300 years ago? Um, or should I be reaching back farther to those who actually pa- walked this path when, when it was still a living tradition in that part of the world? Um, and I've heard all sorts of things, but as far as I can tell, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really seem to matter. You know? It doesn't. Good, kind, benevolent, what benevolent means those ancestors that are elevated, that have already fulfilled their journey, that are working on your behalf, right. okay? You don't want drunk Uncle Joe that's still hanging out in the earthbound plane, going to the bars and messing with people. Yeah. Good, kind, and benevolent. So it really doesn't matter because the ones that work on your behalf, the ones that are there to assist you, will come to assist you. Thanks so much for sitting yeah. down with me. This has been a pleasure. Luscious, lucky, is lucky, luscious, lucky, luscious. But luscious. I'm luscious, lucky, like <laughs> luscious. Uh, lovely, look, l- lovely Lisa, lovely, lustful Lisa, and uh, lucky, luscious. <laughs> no, <laughs> the other way around, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, have enjoy the rest of your stay here. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm envi- you, envious, so but good to see you. yeah, likewise. So good to see you. And uh, thanks so much for being on the show. All right, thanks.
I told you once, you son of a gun. I'm the best that's ever been. He plays. Uh,